Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! Let's start with the quarterback and the coach. I'll tell you that, Mahomes, is, th- is something else. I mean, that's... I know for a guy who didn't even barely threw for 200 yards... Uh, passing and only had 21 completions he was just he takes what the defense gives you when you got to give it to him he runs with a bad ankle and all I mean obviously made big plays left and right Uh, a tremendous performance down 24-14 at the half he barely had the ball he came right down in the third quarter for his possession went right down the field which was imperative and then of course when he had to with five minutes to go off um, the Eagles two point conversion play you knew that Mahomes was going to be very difficult to stop and the official got in the way. We'll get to that too. It was going to be very uh, difficult to stop for the Eagle defense, who stopped nobody all day, by the way. Uh, and he obviously kicked the game-winning field goal, and that was it. So Mahomes, where he stacks up historically, you know, I'm not going to say necessarily at the moment. You know, he's a top three, top four quarterback in the history of football. He's going that way. He's trending that way. And I think if you ask me right now, truth serum, I think he will end up that way. But right now, I won't go there um you know it's he's still really in his you know he's not even halfway through his career yet but i mean he's just such a tremendous tremendous player and we and listen hurts did nothing wrong in the game i mean outside of one fumble okay he's allowed he put 35 points on the board i mean it's just the fact that this quarterback is so dynamic and is so good and is so much better and that includes rogers than anybody else in the nfl well i'm not telling anything you don't know even eagle fans i mean we all knew that in advance that they had coming into the game was the QB, and it really wasn't that much of an advantage from a statistical standpoint. It's just the threat of Mahomes scares the hell out of you. And when he had to do something in this game, he did it. They were down 7 nothing right down the field. They scored the touchdown. Second half, third quarter, down 24-14, opening kickoff of the quarter, right down the field, scored the touchdown. I mean, you know, it's again, 27-21, down the field, scored the touchdown. Uh, the punt return capitalized put the ball in the end zone. Got the field goal to win the game. I mean, just uh, ran the 20-something yards to get the first down, which put the, which was the game. That one play, the game was over after that play. I mean, it's just, he's that good. I mean, he's just, he's just, uh, he's an incredible player at that position. And again, uh, you know, for me to lead here, at, you just have to because you marvel how, how wonderful of a player he is. You are watching, you are quite possibly watching the greatest quarterback of all all time. Not yet, but you are quite possibly watching that uh, in uh, in our era here in 2023. I can think of one bad half in a big game in his career, and he's played in a lot of big games. I'm going to give him a break in the Super Bowl two years ago. A, he was hurt, and Reed did a bad job at the offensive line. Uh, and, you know, he had a bad half against Cincinnati there last year. I mean, where he played very poorly, very poorly, killed him in the game. Outside of that, every game that he has played in the postseason, Tennessee, Houston, Buffalo a couple times. I mean, uh, Indianapolis, I I don't know where there is a game. Now, they've all been at home, but I like to see him have to play a road game eventually in a postseason setting. But he is is so good that he is on his way to becoming, you know, the all-time best quarterback in history. I I do agree that seven is a long way off. 
I don't agree that he has to get the seven to be the all-time greatest. Just because Brady won the seven doesn't, in my eyes, make me think that Mahomes has to win seven to even be in a conversation with Brady. If Mahomes ends up with five, what are you going to do? Is he going to sit there and say, well, you know what? Brady's got two more. I'm not so sure if I buy that. I mean, he has to be close to Brady. I don't think he has to necessarily be right with Brady to be considered the all-time greatest quarterback in the history of the football. I mean, right now, the four best. There's no other way around it. Uh, you know, at the, at the, right this, if, if he goes five more years, it's going to be Brady, Montana, Unitas, and it's going to be Mahomes. I mean, those are going to be your four guys. And if you don't put those four guys in, Dan Orlowski, you don't know anything about pro football. Uh, those are the guys that need to be put into that list. And then if you want to drop at number five, you can figure out where you want to go when you get to number five. But that's where he is moving towards right now. And he won the game yesterday. And they had help because they ran the ball well. Pacheco ran the ball well. They were opportunistic at times defensively. And, of course, they were well coached. And let's give Reed credit, too. And I've always, uh, not of, uh, not always, have been on the Reed bandwagon uh, because his clock management at times is very poor. Uh, but now he has been in a million championship games. And some of those championships, games without great quarterbacks. You know, Donovan McNabb, not a great quarterback. So he's not always had the best quarterback and he's gotten to a championship game. Uh, you know, he's had the best one now with Mahomes, but he also had, you know, moderate of success with Alex Smith. I mean, Plus, he drafted Mahomes, and you have to give him a lot of credit for that. But listen, and I don't think Reed is infallible, but Reed is a, he did a great job yesterday. He's now uh, coached in four Super Bowls with two different teams. He's won his second, so he's two and two all time. You know, Andy Reed, and I'm not a huge fan necessarily, but Andy Reed's going to go down as a top. He's going to go down as a top five, top eight coach in the history of the league. I don't see how he's not. I do not believe he's retiring. I don't know why at 64 years of age, why would you ever retire when you got Mahomes as your quarterback? Make any sense. You might as well win a couple more. Why stop now? I mean, it's not like it is, if he had Alex Smith as his quarterback, then I quit. He does, he's got nothing to prove. He's got Mahomes. As long as you have Mahomes, you got, you're going to be in the playoffs every year with a chance. Why would you ever decide that you don't want to coach and uh, coach the Chiefs? Now, if, if he was 74, that's something different. He's 64. So he is going to come back and he's going to coach again because he's got this wonderful QB. And so I don't buy the idea that he's contemplating retirement. I'd be shocked. Uh, so from that perspective, that's going to add to his resume. And at the end of this, only 13 coaches who have won multiple Super Bowl. I think it's maybe less than that. Uh, it was 13 that have won multiple champion. Uh, uh, let's see, I can count them. Noel, Shula, Landry, Lombardi, Belichick, Shanahan, that's six. Gibbs is seven. Parcells is eight. Yeah, maybe it is 13. When you count them up, uh, Seaford, nine. Flores, 10. I think there's 13 coaches that have won more than two or who have multiple. 13. So he is probably going to get another one. That's going to put him in some very heady class. So Reed, at the end of the day, is going to end up on a very, very high level, if he isn't already. And he did an excellent job yesterday. He didn't panic at 24-14. He kept the running game in play. He didn't screw up the timeouts or the clock management. He challenged a 
Gobert, the Gebert catch, which is the right. No, it didn't work out, but that was. The, I would have done the same thing. That was the right play. Uh, he kicked the field. He tried the field goal early in the game at seven seven. I would have done the same thing because I wanted the lead there in the first quarter. So I mean, he missed a kick, but I would have tried the field goal there too. Uh, you know, he's got a very good defensive quarter in Spagnuolo. You know, Spagnuolo now has won three Super Bowls. Won three. As a defensive coordinator, so let's give him his props too. But Reed is, and you know, Reed lets Spagnola do what he wants. Reed is liked by the media. His players like him. Mahomes likes him. Kelsey likes him. I mean, Andy Reed is Andy Reed. He works hard. He loves doing what he's doing. He can run his ship the way he wants to run it. His his tree is pretty good. I mean, I mean, he's got a good tree. I mean, all those guys who work for him elsewhere, going back to guys like Harbaugh, John Harbaugh. I mean, he's a great. He's great. And I'm not a huge Reed fan, but he's great. Great. That's the positives. Well, I picked Kansas City in this game for about three or four reasons, two of which we just discussed, Reed and Mahomes. The other reason is, uh, there's two other reasons. Uh, you know, one, of course, is the karma aspect. You know, the Eagles beat the Patriots a couple years ago, five years ago, where the backup quarterback beat Belichick and Brady. You know, that franchise got, that was a that was a hell of a heist. They lost their starting quarterback when they were 11-2. and two. They still ended up with home field. They beat Atlanta in a close game. And then, of course, they, uh, you know, they buried Minnesota and beat the Pats in a, in a you know, 41-33. And you knew that, you know, they were going to have to pay for that. You know, this karma is a, is a bitch here. I mean, you know, you get one like this, you're going to lose one. You know, the Patriots got a couple. Atlanta and Seattle, they lost a couple, both of the Giants. You, you get, it, it, it comes back. And I thought that that was a negative uh, as far as the Eagles were concerned from that standpoint. Uh, you know, the karma and, of course, the coach and quarterback connection in Kansas City. And then the third reason is uh, I, I did think that they were, uh, you know, very fortunate all year long. Uh, easy schedule. They didn't, they didn't play Buffalo. Kansas City did. They didn't play Cincinnati. Kansas City did twice. Twice. They didn't play San Francisco regular season. Kansas City did in San Francisco. The 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 Eagles played, you know, the Giants who are they're okay. Washington, no quarterbacks. You know, Dallas, that was, you know, an okay team. And obviously one of the games they played Dallas, uh, you know, Prescott, if it makes a difference, didn't play. They played the NFC North. Green Bay was under was under five hundred. The Lions were bad at one and six. They played at Detroit in week one. We all know Minnesota's fraudulent and the Bears won three games. I mean, they just did not play really anybody of note. That And then they sat there and they played the AFC South, Jacksonville early. Houston won, didn't win a home game all year. And they played in Houston. Indianapolis is looking for another coach. They stink. And Tennessee's awful. I mean, they just were not challenged against top. I mean, think about it. The best four or five teams in football this year, they did not play. That is Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, or San Francisco. They didn't play any of the four teams. Kansas City played four of those games. They played four games against three of the top teams in the league, and the Eagles didn't play any of them. And I did think that could be a factor as far as this game is concerned. And let's let's call it like we see it. You could talk about the turf all you want, which is another story altogether, which we'll get to. I mean, the Eagle defense stinks. 
I mean, I don't want to hear about this Eagle defense. That's enough. Never again do I want to hear about some Eagle defense and pass rushers and everything else. That chief offensive line destroyed them a whole way through. They did not have a sack. They could not get a big stop when the season was on the line. They 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 made they did not put their imprint on the game. The secondary wasn't very good. I mean, they did nothing, this defense. And all I heard all last week was that, you know, 45 out of the 56 previous winners in Super Bowl history had the better defense. I heard that ad infinitum about the Eagle this and the Eagle that. That Eagle defense, nothing wrong with their offense. Hurts played really well. Wasn't his fault. All right, he made a bad little mistake with the fumble. They recovered. And that was not the play of the game, by the way, because even after that play, they scored the next 10 points. So the idea that we're going to make this fumble the turning point of the game is a bunch of nonsense. It was 24-14 at the half. I mean, let's take it easy. I mean, well, the fumble turning. No, it didn't. Because after they tied the game up thanks to the fumble, they scored the next 10 points, Philly. And the offense here for Philadelphia played great in the game. Devontae Smith was excellent. Obviously, uh, A.J. Brown did a good job. The tight end made some plays. They didn't run the ball great, but Hurts ran the ball plenty. There, and the coach did not make any mistakes, and Suriani actually did well in the postgame. You know, I could, I could do without the tears with the pregame, but he did well at the postgame. He didn't blame it on anything. He said, hey, they, well, it doesn't come down to one play, which we'll get to. So, I mean, the Eagle defense, that's not a, that's not a big-time defense. I mean, you know, this is not, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey working, uh, you know, doing a wildcat because all the other quarterbacks are hurt, or Josh Johnson. And they had to play a real quarterback yesterday, and they couldn't stop them if their life depended on it. I mean, the Chiefs scored four times in the second half, and they could have scored a lot more than that. I mean, they scored the four times in the second half, and they called the dogs off at the five-yard line in the last possession. That's going to score all. I mean, they, I mean, they scored 38 points in a the game. They had 14 at the half. They scored 24 points in the second half. And if they wanted to, they would have scored 28. And that's 56 points. If you look, at, so the the idea that the Eagles, you know, I mean, are better. How how are they better than the Chiefs? Their defense, the KC defense was better. The KC defense at least produced a turnover, although it was a self it was a self induced one. But they were there to recover the fumble, and they stopped them on a couple of sequences. They held them to a field goal in the third quarter when they at twenty four twenty one, where they could have made it 31-21. They didn't, and they also held them a big three and out before the punt return. So the chief defense, when they had to make a couple of stands, made a couple of stands, which is totally different from what the uh, from what the Philly defense did, which was awful. And I don't like the call. Our last element of this. The call is a terrible call. I mean, the idea that that official decides, I don't care what Bradbury or Suriani said, and I give him credit for saying what they did. They didn't want to put the blame on the official. Give him credit for that. You know, but that doesn't mean you and I have to do that. That's an atrocious call. You cannot call that. All right? And obviously, Olsen's right. I mean, Perara trying to defend the officials. Mike, come on. Have a sense, huh, please? And nice job by Olsen. Because he got all over him. You can't make that. You can't make that call in that situation. It's one thing to call the late hit in the Cincinnati game with Kansas City. He was out of bounds. That was you have to. That you had no choice. This one you had a choice. You can, first off, they're going to score anyway, and you give the Eagles the ball there in the last minute and a half, no timeout. See if they can tie the game, which I think they would have been able to do. But to decide, and when you know that you throw a flag there, the game is over. 
You know if you're an official there, if you throw the flag before they snap it, you got to be in your head say, geez, if I call something here on the defense, it better be blatant. Because if I do call it, the Super Bowl is now history. You have to tell you, a good official has to tell themselves that. In this situation, this better be Ram Saints for me to throw down and throw the flag. That's what it has to be. And that, that was not Ram Saints. And I know Bradbury took the sword. Give him credit. And I know Sirianni did the same thing. Give him credit. And the Eagle fans probably going to moan and groan today all day long. And I can't complain. I can't say they're wrong. But what the Eagle fan is not going to be able to sit there and say, well, we lost the game because of this. No, it's not. You lost the game because your defense stunk. That is why you lost the game. Your defense that you are so puffed up your chest about laid an egg, couldn't play, had no answers, got destroyed the second half. That is why you lost. It's not Hurts. It's not the offense. It's not Suriani. All right, he gave up a punt return. Not great. I understand. They probably would have scored there anyway, and you still got the game tied at 35-35 off that punt return because you went right down the field and got the two-point conversion. But that Eagle defense was horrendous. God, I would have a lot of trouble sleeping for the next three months if I was their coordinator, a coach, or a player on it. I know Mahomes is wonderful. I know that, but they did not make a stand the whole game. And that is a call. If you're an official on this level, you cannot call that. It's as simple as that. Under any circumstances, you cannot, because you know if you call it on a defense and it's a first down, the Super Bowl is now over. And that call did not warrant that. And that is horrendous officiating. I don't care what Carl Sheffer says. And one other thing, they didn't call that all day. Nobody called defensive holds in the, on the defensive secondary. I mean, geez, early in the game, Schuster got tackled. They didn't call it on a pass play. Now they call it? That's poor officiating. That is one of the things that Goodell is going to scream about when it gets back to the office. And the other thing is, is the turf, right? If you're the NFL and you're going to make this and, you know, you're going to pat yourself in the back and you're the, le- you're the leader in sports and you're the league and everything. Boy, if Manfred had a field like that in a situation in a World Series game, you guys calling up America right now would say, what a buffoon, typical baseball, can't get out of their own way. You'd be destroying Manfred. You would be killing them, killing them. How did how does the NFL get away with that garbage field they gave us? I don't want to hear about they've been growing it for two weeks. I'm not interested. All right, I'm not interested. It cost them eight hundred grand. Not their fault. I am not interested. How does the NFL put a field on the uh, uh, come up with a field where the eagle place kicker basically broke a leg kicking the ball off? People slip sliding away like they're on ice. What is this, the, the cleats game? What is this, the 56 championship game? Green Bay, or, or better yet, the sneakers game in the mid-30s when the Packers, when the uh, Giants went to a, a shoe store in New York to get sneakers at the half and blew out the Bears and half number two? This is what it comes down to now? That is, I tell you right now, that, you know, listen, Goodell's got a temper and he hates the officiating getting in the way. Uh, and I promise you, I promise you, uh, 
somewhere in the next two days, he is going to convey a meeting because you think Roger Goodell wants to have America talk about the field and in a, on a call uh, on Monday after his famous little Super Bowl? You think that's what he wants his storyline to be? He can't do anything about Rihanna, whatever her name is. Yeah. Rihanna. He can't do anything about her. Whether you like it, don't like it, he can't do anything about the national anthem, he can't do anything about it. What he can control is the field and the officiating. And both, you know, the officiating was okay in the course of the game, but whoever made that call has to look himself in the mirror and say, hold on now, do I throw this flag out on what is a very marginal penalty that ends the game at 35-35? You cannot make that call. And Goodell sitting in his little box with, you know, what's his name? Tusk? Elon Musk. Musk. Elon Musk. And, uh, and Murdoch, who's 100 years old. I mean, to sit there, and, and he's, older, he's older than Bradshaw. I mean, to sit there, you know, on, in, you know eating peanuts in, in, at the 50 in a suite. Roger, the players that we are spending a fortune on and everybody in America is watching can't... They, they don't have cleats. It's a disgrace. Your game became a farce. Call it like you see it. That's embarrassing. You can have all the commissioner parties and you know all the Walter Payton nominees for who cares? The bottom line is that game, that field was a mess. It was embarrassing. And I guess the Chiefs moaned and groaned about it because they played in Arizona in week one. The field stinks. He had, he had week after week after week after week to get that damn thing fixed. He didn't do it. And if you're the official who made that call, don't plan on doing any more Super Bowls. That's it. You're done. And no excuses. Philadelphia, fly, eagle, fly. Here's what I enjoyed last night going to bed. Two things. Well, three things. Pat Smith, you know the guy from Manilokin? He texted me, you know, at uh, 6 o'clock, Chris, I'm sorry for your pick. No way the Chiefs win. Fly, eagle, fly. That's, I, do I want to hear from Pat Smith? <laughs> at 6 o'clock at night, that's number one. Number two, my buddy Courtney from MOB, who is a huge Eagle fan, who goes to every game, season ticket holder. He's Manfred's right-hand man. He went to Minnesota, was annoyed that I left on Friday. We didn't get together. I mean, Courtney went to the game yesterday. That made me, uh, I, I root for misery, so I enjoyed that. And here's what I also enjoyed today. I would have, if I could have just had a camera at Sky Harbor, watching all those Eagle fans on the security line, boarding an American, getting ready to sit next to the, tr- to the latrines on a nonstop back to Philly, that would have been a, that would have been a funny sight. That would, I would have enjoyed that. We talked about the poor Bill fan last year in Kansas City. How about the Eagle fan who, A, is cocky, who, by the way, flocked into Phoenix. Flocked. I saw him everywhere. Flocked. And they had to get on, they had to get out of that stadium with a horrific loss and get to an airport today in, 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 in Phoenix, fly back east, lose their day, and get up at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning and go to work. The Eagle season is over. 
Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.